1: Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Piercing Wizard Podcast. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a longer interview. Uh, it's one that I recorded at BMXNet with a practitioner, uh, it, it, kind of like a, a renaissance Practitioner uh, named Matt, who does have a last name, but prefers to just go by the name Dot by Dot uh, for his his tattoo career. So, if you're looking for him on social media, Dot by Dot. If you are uh, somewhat adjacent to the suspension community, uh, I think you already know who I'm talking about when I say Matt, and you know definitely Dot by Dot. So, it, it there are some people in the industry where when you ask them like you know oh what it is uh, that they do, it, it might be tough. They, they might give you a simplified thing. Matt might just say, like, oh, I'm a tattooer. Um, but it's also someone who I've met uh, over years and years at lots of different events related to the suspension community, uh, somewhat adjacent to you know other body art communities also, but I think might self-identify as um, suspension facilitator, suspension practitioner, and tattooer. And we just have a, a good long conversation about growth. And it's not necessarily just growth as someone offering suspension, someone offering tattooing, but the conversation we have is really applicable to whatever it is that you do in your own body art career. Myself as a piercer, as a scarification practitioner, Matt as a tattooer, suspension performer, um, we, we kind of fall into the same the same pitfalls and the same journey when it comes to growth and um, how you how you actually turn a, a passion into uh, a, a career that that grows. How you change, how you evolve over time. Matt is uh, I would consider a, a BME person, someone that I met uh, over ten years ago at uh, a suspension event through suspension people. Even though I'm not really part of of that community, I do have. You know, a fair amount of access to it. So I met Matt, a pretty interesting person, has a lot of good opinions, has a really good energy, and uh, we, we talk about that whole, like, you need to be able to discuss your growth, not just as where you are now or where you want to be, but where you started and and how you grew, and, and try not to go at it from a place of, like, shame holding you back from talking about the things that were, that were part of your growth, because that can be a good lesson for other people who are still growing you know talking about what worked for you but especially what didn't work for you um sharing your access to education with other people, I, I'm a big believer that that's, that's kind of an obligation. If you've had access that someone else might not have, you should share that access, especially if you've been in this long term. If you're years into a career, um, you've probably been helped by by quite a few people. So I, I think it is kind of an obligation to to turn around and help the the next and the, the younger generations of the industry. And it seems like Matt has that same kind of uh, opinion. So we talk about... Um, the privilege of access. Not everyone gets the chance to flip flop around between different countries, different communities. Fire truck going by. I'm not re recording this intro, I'm just going to keep going. So, fire truck. Um, it's kind of a privilege to have this kind of access. Um, Matt was born in the UK, moved to New Zealand, moved to Germany, uh, wide access to lots of different communities. Myself, no difference. I've been bouncing around the world at different um, educational events, and I have a lot of online access, and I know a lot of people. So I feel like it's important for me to share the, the different information that I've had access to. We talk about... Um, you know gatekeeping and clicks limiting growth and all that stuff so it's a a pretty in-depth conversation I don't want to waste too much of your time with with an intro so um, I'm going to do a little bit of promotion stuff you know I've always got my my Patreon stuff I've got those new videos on surface piercings and bridge piercings uh, for November 2021 content I'm also going to have a, a narrated and subtitled video on floating navels I was just working on that yesterday. It should be done within just a few days of whenever this podcast publishes. So you can go ahead and check that out, patreon.com slash ryanpba, all about floating navels, how you perform those, how you mark and place those, how you evaluate uh, body shape, navel shape, um, to see if a floating uh, navel might be viable for someone. And later on this month, I'm doing a a class about doth piercings for uh, a Polish piercers conference online and for them i'm going to be making a special narrated and subtitled video for doth piercing that'll include selecting your placement marking performance of the piercing or at least one variation on performance of the piercing so uh that's going to be for the the polish piercers but i'm also going to end up putting that on my patreon uh, before the end of this month so a lot of new content for you there and one last thing before we get into the interview is uh there's some some APP stuff you want to be aware of. It is scholarship season right now. So if your goal is to get to the APP conference in uh, spring or, or summer whenever it is in 2022 realize that there is a financial aid scholarship and you know I, I do want to just drive that point home. scholarships are for financial aid. It's not something to like, collect a ribbon or, you know, kind of get some, some cred or something like that, something you can brag about. It's for financial aid. So if you want to get to conference, but you find it a little bit difficult to to go, you don't have to be the the brokest person in the world. But um, if you can afford to get there on your own, if you can afford to to pay for the conference experience, I would certainly urge you to, to do that because that really helps to support the APP. But... To be realistic, not everyone can afford to um, not only get themselves to Las Vegas, but accommodation in Las Vegas and the the classes. So uh, there are scholarship opportunities available. They are called the the Legacy Scholarships now, and you can get all the information about it by visiting safepiercing.org, follow the conference links, uh, follow the scholarship links, and and read up about it. So make a strong application. Um, Take your time to figure out what you want to say in your application give us information about like why you need this financial aid and you need the helping hand to get there, and we want to do our best to get you there. Um, other information available through the APP, don't forget that they have the online Core Essentials classes available now through the end of this year. They're not up forever, it's a, a limited time kind of thing. There's different online education each year, and this year's uh, Core Essentials uh, I'm hearing a lot of really positive feedback. I was fortunate enough to do a class with another uh, APP member named Paul Fox from New York. We do the Safe Practices in the Piercing Room class. I've gotten a lot of nice feedback from that. So. Go ahead and check it out safepiercing.org you can get all that information scholarships core essentials all that uh, all that info so for now let's go ahead and get into this interview with uh, matt dot by dot talking a lot about growth and education
0: okay in the easy way um i'm matt i am a primarily a tattoo artist uh, i work at acca in berlin where we are now um I am involved in suspension for 15 or 16 years now, and
1: I don't know much else. I work with the BMX. That's a good place to wrap it up, so thanks for joining me. Why don't you give people uh, your last name too, and if there's any social media stuff or internet I don't
0: give my worst now. I don't know okay. why. I never do this. Okay. It's weird. Um, so when you, I try to stay anonymous. <laughs> when, you, when you work, is it
1: just kind of like... It's dot by dot tattoo.
0: Okay. At dot by dot tattoo. Okay. Um, because that's my style. Right. Hand poke tattoos. Okay.
1: Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know where the best place to start is, other than saying like you have a really curious German accent for someone working in Germany. Yeah. How do, How did you end up... In Germany, and you can take as, as much oh. or as little time as you want answering that. Um,
0: yeah. So I've been somewhat nomadic for about maybe 18 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sadly was born in the UK. And when I was around 18 or 19, I was given an option by my parents as they had decided to emigrate to New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And the option was either stay in the UK or leave. And...
1: (laughs) So you made the smart decision. I made the smart decision and I
0: picked the place that was the furthest away from the UK. And that happened to be New Zealand. Right. Um, Where I ended up meeting... uh, meeting at the studio, which was uh, Absolution, and that's where I met Eden, mm-hmm. uh, the owner Nace, my good friends, uh, and that's, that started me on the, the suspension and body mod, uh, the practical part, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there for many, many years, had to leave, and ended up going Europe's not so bad. Because you can travel. Well, on my passport, I could travel easily. Uh, Lived in the UK for a little. Lived in Sweden for a little. Ended up uh, meeting a girl. She lived in Germany. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) And then that was eight years ago.
1: It's interesting thinking about the Eden connection. Because sometimes, like, you can really kind of look at the the roadmap of someone's life and it's Mm -hmm. just this one, sometimes it can be a chance encounter, sometimes it can be something where, you know, you you grew into an encounter or something like that. But um, thinking like maybe if you hadn't met Eden, maybe, you know, maybe if you had still gotten into tattooing, uh, maybe you would have been in one little area. But, you know, now you get connected to a community in a certain way and that community is pretty welcoming in my experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I uh, I go to like the real Broader part of it, it was being a kid and finding BME like most. Mm-hmm. I was about 12, 12 or 13 and I stumbled across it. Like, parent, or my mom had a home office, mm-hmm. had the 56K for her home office, you know. And I'd always been fascinated by tattering and tried to at school, taking the, the, razor blade out of pencil sharpener and mm-hmm. trying to rub it ink in and right. I mean common sense wasn't use needles, it mm-hmm. was like whatever you could. And um yeah, I would search about tattooing and stuff and something about BME came up and it was back when it was just still it was just still like the main page, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like not when it would split up into
1: the, like the um, IAM community. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. It was yeah. this
0: is like at a guess around 90 no it would be like 2001 2002 Mm -hmm. like early-ish and it was when you submit a photo to get like three months yeah yeah so (laughs) i would i would just yeah i would submit photos of shit from google just to see if it worked like a picture of a tattoo and then i got like access to see um and then when i started getting tattooed there was uh, like legally, um, my artist happened to mention something when we were talking about piercings and things, and he said, "Oh, not like those crazy extreme stuff." I'm like, "What do you mean?" And he started going, "These people hang from hooks and stuff," and then I, it hit me like other people knew about it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Ah, you know," because I couldn't yeah. he, I couldn't talk with my friends about this sort of stuff. Yeah, all squeaky chair. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I kind of prod, prodded and poked him, and he he just didn't tell me he didn't know anymore.
1: Just knew that it existed. He
0: knew that it existed, and then um yeah, and I when I ended up in New Zealand, I was trying to be rebellious and do all the shit that when you first move out of home, like, and and I was on my own, so I was like, Mm. ah, do whatever, and went to get a piercing and book a tattoo, and I searched around the area in the phone book, like looking up all the studios. I mean, it wasn't a big city. Christchurch is a it's it's the biggest city in the south island but it's it's very um uh broad like or widespread but the city is tiny and there was i don't know like 20 tattoo studios like right. must have been more There would have probably been more than 60 in the city mm-hmm. and you know and i went around a few of them looked at the portfolios and just a bit like oh Not for me. and then i came across and then absolution um, who is owned by a good friend, Nath. Um, it was just called Absolution. Pierce, tattoo and other. And <laughs> it was, a, it was a, a studio I'd never seen before. It was a gallery, polished concrete floors, white walls, no flash, mm-hmm. a little bit of photos.
1: So ahead of its time, really.
0: Yeah, the waiting... Well, the waiting area was a vestibule from a church. Mm-hmm. The the um, The reception desk was a pulpit. Like, you know, and it was weird. Yeah. And um, got pierced, met a guy called Joe. We became really good friends, started hanging out at a shop, and then realized that they did this this stuff, like the Other. suspension, yeah. the piercing, te- well, scarification, mm-hmm. and some... I think Lucas had been visiting a few times and did his guest spots there Mm. and yeah, fell into it there. Um, Eden was a regular um, uh, patron there. He was still working his other job and we bumped into each other and started like talking. Joe, who was the apprentice at the time there was heavily into suspension and he was the driving force between like getting it kick-started. Um, so we all like hung out and talked about the stuff. And I was engineering at the time, I was a, a welder fabricator. So I would be like, oh, what do you need? And then, oh, we need okay. these rigs. So, so I would you were be building like, rigs. Yeah. Yeah. So they draw me these pictures of rigs. And then I'd go to the workshop and be like, I guess this is what it is, you know. Um, and we were we were in the ass end of nowhere, not knowing anything. Like we would scour the internet. Every now and then, like I don't know, mod blog was still going, but hook life had started. Mm-hmm. And we'd look on there and be like, oh, "What are they using?" You know. And yeah, we I built a bunch of shit, like literal shit. It was useless. Um, and Joe left. He had to go back to the UK and then it was me and Eden and Eden just became this like hub of passion yeah um so we like he founded uh skin dependent the suspension team which was me him uh the piercer at the, his he was the apprentice of the piercer of the studio Tim and the owner of the shop by proxy because it was a bit weird using his shop and leaving him out of it right yeah, and then we started, I don't know, like he just pushed everything off the table. He was like, we start again. And um, yeah, it, it was just being around this person that was so passionate about something we knew nothing of. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there was no... I think no at that time, though,
1: there were very few suspension teams that would, would would really say that they had it figured out. I think a lot of people were kind of figuring it out together during that, that era. Kind of.
0: I mean, again, we were we were like, I'd say... Um, not deprived of anything in the modern world, but we we didn 't have the outward connection mm-hmm. to the rest of the world yeah. in the same way um, uh, i mean we had we had a lot of prolific artists come through um, uh, that were connecting forces um, like Lucas you know he mm-hmm. would come and perform at the fetish ball yeah. once a year or something um, but we, we didn't <laughs> we didn't struggle. We just have this. I don't know. In New Zealand. There's this kind of uh, they call it like a number eight spirit, number eight wire spirit. You just get it on. You you just find a way to make it work, mm-hmm. and that's what we did. Um, we didn't have pulleys, so you know you buy the Home Depot. So was style. it just like
1: eye hooks or something,
0: or? I mean, we used to use chain like galvanized chain Mm -hmm. um we'd have the same uh the the uh the instead of having the chain would connect to the hooks but then from the rig to the the pulley system we would use i don't know 13 mil rope and Mm -hmm. this was like we would keep it like why it's it's not dirty it's not broken just keep it and slowly start to think like maybe we should change things you know Mm -hmm. um uh there's we we done stuff like Eden doesn't Eden doesn't like to talk about it too much. He'll <laughs> laugh about it, but we had stuff where we had to do a performance for a band, and the venue stuck a piece of um, like scaffolding, you know, whatever it would be, like three inch tubing mm-hmm. across the stage, and we're like, yeah, this is what you're gonna hang from. And we we're like, oh, okay. And we didn't know what we were doing. We only had one set of pulleys, but we needed to do two suspensions. I think we ended up chucking a piece of drain pipe over it, covering it in margarine to grease it up, and then slinging ropes over it and having this like one one to one pulley. Wow! And we were like, yeah, it's good enough, but we had to use margarine because Eden was vegan at that point, <laughs> so like <laughs> that was the that was the uh, cutter for him. Like the limit was, it has to be this. What
1: what year would you guess that was?
0: 2008, maybe.
1: Okay. So it's even in that, it's not that long ago. Right. Well, I think some people, like, if if you're getting into suspension now or piercing or tattooing or anything, you hear about kind of the end of someone's story or, like, the current chapter of their story. You don't hear those kinds of things. Oh, no, no. This is what we had to work with. This is what led us to what we have now. And now when you have the people who are almost spoiled in a way where they get oh, to learn sure. with what's available now, they might look back at that and be like, oh, so irresponsible, so crazy. But like, I hear that stuff and it's just like, that's amazing.
0: I think the 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 biggest shift I see, like so jumping right ahead to now in the comparison, the biggest shift you have is this, uh, almost the lack the lack of, of talking about it as though it's a shame. Mm-hmm. Like there's this, you have this shame hanging, hanging over you that you did something that now you look back and go, oh, we Less shouldn't than have done that. Or, yeah. But, we we were in our eyes we were doing everything that we could because there was we had nothing to compare it to Mm -hmm. so like you could look on Modblog or Hook Life and see these teams from America doing stuff and we were just like oh we want to do that but we don't know how.
1: Yeah. Or looking at a picture and trying to discern these little details of like, yeah, oh, yeah, what yeah. kind of system is this and that? Like yeah.
0: each week, Eden would have written an email to, to Hover or Alan. He's like, we've got the reply. Like, let's see what they say. Mm-hmm. And it would be this kind of very short, blunt answer and you couldn't work out if they were frustrated or if it was just because they were like, this is the answer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he instills this passion in you that you, it's, it's, such a positively toxic thing (laughs) like you end up not wanting to um you you can never get to that you almost can never get to their level of of passion but it's not a bad thing it's they don't they don't seem to care Mm -hmm. you know not they want you to be as passionate but not in their level of. if you're not with me you're against me sort of thing um so because of that, when I left to go back to the UK, I had this drive of like, I still want to do stuff mm-hmm. and, and we, uh, we like, I went back and I found a uh, constant elevation from London, which was Ben and Alice at the time and Charlene uh, was a, like apprenticing a Ben
1: Benoit? Benoit, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. Um, and I like, we went to, me and Joe went to a suspension event and I'm like, oh, I'm Matt, I'm from New Zealand, I'm from Skin Dependent, I know suspension stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, do you want to help out? And I'm like, sure. And then it was the first moment of kind of like putting, uh, putting to action all these thoughts or like all the stuff that we knew, well, I'd been taught and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're gonna do this. And the first thing was standing around going to pierce someone with four people. I'm like, oh, I've I've never thrown hooks with four like three other people. Normally we do one by one sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're all they give me a hook and a needle, and I'm just like, well, what I'm like, I don't understand. So, like you pierce them and then the hook. And I'm watching everyone put these needles and hooks, and then it hit me that even in back then we would pinch the skin, needle goes through, then connect the hook. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there going like. Oh, this is why all the people would be like throwing hooks super fast they just keep the needle and the hook together this makes more sense yeah. you know like all these dumb things that we just
1: because you don't see videos of it you can never right. make you see the person hanging there and you don't kind of maybe you, you make the assumption this, you yeah. see a hook you see them hanging and then you make up the story in between yeah um, what so <laughs> not to kind of keep you in in, in that moment uh, but do you recall what kinds of hooks you were using at the time in New Zealand, or yeah, well, in New Zealand, and then like what you were exposed to when you when you came back to the in UK. New Zealand, we got hooks from a
0: uh, marine supply store. Okay, I don't think they were Mustads; they were an Australian brand, mm-hmm. and we had them. Uh, we had a jeweler at the shop that he would meticulously grind them, polish them, mm-hmm. and it cost us a lot of It didn't cost me anything. <laughs> it cost a lot of money, and we, we were like, suspension's so expensive, <laughs> not realizing that we're probably the only team in the world getting the hooks polished to a mirror finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got one pair of Gilsons, I think, because at the time, uh, it was when Steve was selling them. I think he was selling them through his eBay shop, and we could buy them like, and have them shipped to, Amer- uh, to New Zealand, but they were, for us, they were super expensive. It was yeah. like three or $400 a pair. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would, we would use anything we could get. Like, I, there was no, no specialty hooks other than this one pair of Gilson's that Eden bought. Yeah. And um, everything else was generic uh, shark or squid hooks mm-hmm. um, that we just machined. And then in the UK with Ben and Alice, it was probably the Mustad brand because that was more common in Europe at the time because mm-hmm. of I uh, Think Hover's drive to not, uh, not unify the communion in using one type of hook, but it was the ones that were available. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, seeing like, I was in the i think within the first week of being in the uk i went to the italian Suscon, met everyone that we'd seen on well
1: everyone yeah. but like well did it blow your mind a little oh man
0: it i was like a kid i just felt like going to a movie premiere mm-hmm. sort of thing just i'm i'm like emailing eden i'm just like so i met this person and um it was hover and christiana bruno um alan uh, Sierra was there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all these all these people that you see in the pictures, and you just oh my god, there's yeah. that person, and there's
1: this. That's what I was when I when I went to the first my first APP conference because I was like a little BME nerd. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, there's that piercer and that piercer. And you don't know what to do because you're yeah. just like everyone's being so
0: calm and normal. Right. Like why why are they not like mm-hmm. celebrities? And um, yeah, and then just ended up becoming friends with a lot of them in this very weird way that you just don't know how it happens yeah. um, and i came back from came back from the italian Suscon and then had already booked tic- i think i yeah meeting alan there and he talked about the dallas Suscon and me and eden talked and then he ended up booking tickets and i booked tickets and we met uh, in 2011, we met up in at the Dallas Suscon at that time, and that was even more mind-blowing. Mm. Like, this this whole event with, I don't know, 300-plus people, yeah. all practitioners, um, and just seeing the way it worked there. And it was this kind of, like... At this point, I think we'd accepted the inevitable that, like, things were different. Eden had, had changed a lot back in New Zealand. I wasn't... Um, I was like practicing with um, Benoit and Alice every now and then. Um, But going to the Dallas SASCOM was mind-blowing. It was amazing. What
1: what do you think, like at that time, what would you think would be some of like the more, like the bigger hurdles to get over? Like was it rigging, was it, Suspension was it like like locating equipment for it like what were some of the the things that like we you know when you went to like The Italian Suscon when you went to Dallas like what were some of the more mind-blowing aspects of those? Do you, do you recall any?
0: Yeah, probably the fact that we didn't ask enough questions. Okay. Like we just made assumptions. And I like, never
1: see anybody with like a notebook. Not that that's a bad thing. But no, I, you, you can't hold all those inf- that, all that information in your head.
0: I think it's. I had this this revelation a while ago where I, I realized that when we first when we first started because of the position we were in in New Zealand, we skin dependent. We felt that the research that we did was kind of not enough, but mm. that was as much as we could do. Yeah. And going to the Italian Sarscon and seeing the way people worked, you just start to realise that there was this almost not you had to be in person, but there seemed to be this this information that was readily available, but somehow we weren't privy to it. But mm-hmm. not not because we, we weren't allowed to. Um, it was that it's a, it was a very in person thing. Um, so I would I would see all this stuff, take photos and then write back to Eden. Oh, this is this is what's happened, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, years later, you sit there and realize, like, it's crazy that it wasn't as open as what, like, we, you would think it was this open community within itself. And then you realize how closed off it was that people were not necessarily keeping everything secret, but no one was sharing this information um, to this, to a broader spectrum, yeah. you know, um, and you saw it when in in dallas you just see everyone kind of like not maybe there wasn't this closed off nature with people but it seemed to be like everyone had guarded secrets about how they did stuff as Mm -hmm. though someone else is going to copy it and you're like man there's there's not that many people doing this (laughs) like um so there was this strange thing where you would almost have this this absolute positivity or this positive aspect about community and then years later you look back and go, no man, this was super closed. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was very closed in one way because they would keep whatever information within their circle but maybe yeah. the circles overlap so it kind of trickled around but mm-hmm. not in this way of...
1: Not like just like everybody has access to, access to everything.
0: No, and that's, that's something that I, I've seen a lot of, is that when you have classes, I mean, BMX is an exception, but you, you sometimes have these classes where it, is, it becomes so, um, people become very guarded about what information they give out. Mm-hmm. Um, which was um, something that, the, I mean, jumping around timelines, because I ended up uh, working, I was on the board of directors for the the ISA, which was the International Suspension Alliance. Um, And that one of my driving forces with being part of this was the whole, like, I don't understand how we can't give out this information to the people who need it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you have teams all around the world that are are fractured and disconnected maybe because of uh, language, of borders, or or maybe just not able to, 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 they don't know anything beyond their own little world. Yeah. Um, and it was this idea of how can we get information to people that's better? Um, and I, I see that on reflection of being at all these events. By me being there, I'm, I'm having access to it, but then the people who can't afford to go or, or, or um, it's, it's not viable for them to attend, mm-hmm. Um, I, I somehow think this is a bit. It's a bit of a strange uh, situation because you have people that are practicing it anyway, and you're going, "We'll do better," but at the same time, you're not. not explaining how. Yeah, and then it becomes this this paradox of both you're you're shitting on them for not doing good, but also not. Willing to help them because you think that they need to jump all over over these hurdles that were put in place by you Mm -hmm. Because you had to jump over them, you know,
1: you know if you if somebody listened to just that 10 second bit They honestly wouldn't know if you're talking about tattoo suspension body mod because I I think all the communities Have that you come to an event like BMX, and it's like it's very communal, but then when everybody goes home, it's not (laughs) necessarily as open access
0: yeah i mean the biggest it's 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 the biggest controversy i found was ego was a was so prevalent within every aspect of tattooing body mod piercing Mm -hmm. and suspension that you tend to overlook it because it it works in your favor like until you are excluded from something then it's a problem you know um and it's it's been a, a it's been something that you see for, from my experiences. I see, I see the majority of suspension where I'm practicing, but then I can see the overlap in other groups because I'm going to, to I come to BMX or um, I've been to APP a few times and I've been to suspension events or all these different gatherings of minds. And you can kind of look on an out as an outsider to some of these groups and just be like, "This is weird that you don't, you almost." don't wanna talk or share information because you can't figure out where I fit yeah. in the in this this I don't know the social hierarchy within your group mm-hmm. that you don't wanna maybe give me something. I mean it's the comparison of not giving out prices and stuff, which is fair mm-hmm. but then like I don't know you. I just want to talk about some stuff. Yeah. I don't want to try and figure out if I'm better than you or not. I just mm-hmm. want to talk. Yeah. And um Within a lot of the suspension events, you within a, a, a lot of the, say, European ones, it's a bit more um, easier because there's, for one, there's a language barrier, so everyone's a bit more, lets their guard down a little with this, mm. but we tend to find that it's, it's a bit easier going because we are so, we're smaller than, the, like, Europe, smaller than the States, but that in itself gives this bit more of a barrier like a a buffer between teams or Mm -hmm. you know um but i did find it very difficult being at some of these events and just wanting to ask questions and if if you ask one person they don't want to tell you but then i'd have to go and see a friend and be like can you tell me how you do oh yeah yeah, yeah, i'll tell you and it's like man it shouldn't be the fact that you're my friend that you have to tell me you know
1: you get that sometimes when when you come to an event more than once or if you're at a longer event, you know, maybe on Monday people don't want to talk and then by Friday yeah. you're best friends and they want yeah, to tell yeah, you yeah. all the secrets.
0: No, I see it with with um, I see it a lot at the 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 events, of course, yeah, at the beginning everyone's a bit nervous and it's it's the feel out of how everything's going. Yeah. Um but it kind of reminds me like almost as though we did a full circle from having a online community-ish source with I Am where people would sort of openly talk about stuff mm-hmm. in a forum where people are semi-anonymous, but you go, well, you're in here, so you must know and you're allowed to have this, yeah. to then being in person and almost people then take it the other way of going, well, I can't give you this information because I need to work out what, what are you going to do with this information? It's It's something that's always bothered me and puzzled me is and i mean i'm i've i'm guilty of it too in the past is why can't you uh, why do you have to why do you have to attain my um a level in my head that i've set before i'm willing to release something you know
1: yeah, well it's gatekeeping really and it's, it's, yeah. it's it's just like you go to a you go to a record shop and like you know yeah. they'll look down their nose yeah, until yeah. you reference some obscure album you know and yeah. then they're like oh cool you know you know about this thing so the gate is open yeah yeah
0: and it's difficult because any of our industry of course there's that aspect of, of what like by proxy you could cause someone else harm because you told this person to do something and but then it's it's to me that decision of they're going to do it anyway mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to take any guilt on the actions after but if I can help push them towards something in a better way whether yeah. they take the information or not is not up it, that's not up to for debate with me it's mm-hmm. like here it is take it or leave it um, but to ostracise people purely because you you feel that you earned this information and shouldn't be will, like giving it out freely because mm-hmm. they haven't earned it is it's become archaic and I think we've moved we've moved on way beyond that to the point where if you can attend the conference that's a huge step but that shouldn't be a benchmark for whether you are allowed to have information yeah. or not it's more of a you. You're able to, that's mm-hmm. awesome. But I know some of the people who come to the event here will go back and talk to their colleagues who weren't able to come and I'm like, that to me is no problem at all. There's mm-hmm. no way that you have to sign here that, you're not, that you don't talk about this, yeah. you know. Um, and I wish it was a, I wish the attitudes of a lot more people were open in this way that it's, it's not it's not the early 2000s anymore. Well, <laughs> just like you said, it like
1: if people are attending an event, there's probably some sort of registration yep. and it's not like some person off the street is going to wander into a suspension symposium or whatever, you know? So it's like they've already got yeah. some sort of experience, so like what harm will information do? Like it will only make them more knowledgeable or, you know, hopefully safer.
0: I I'd, I'd hope so. I also have this this maybe it's it's just a it's a thought that sits in the back of my head is that some of us do reflect too much in the past of well look what happened when we did this sure. and as opposed to moving on and going yeah but we learned from it and mm-hmm. they thought well, yeah but what about that one part um the uh like yourself you've taught um i believe it was one year scarification classes here mm-hmm. That this is one of the only places where you can teach that and this is that, the only place that i teach But that. you have that example of it can become that that uh, the question can be put out of going, should it be taught? Mm-hmm. Like, should you be enabling people to do this? i
1: thought about that, but, you know. And then mm-hmm. on the same
0: side, people are going to do it anyway. Yeah. Can I give them, if they're willing to put their time and effort in to come and sit in the class and I can give this out, mm-hmm. maybe it will help, you know. The... It's, it's even if they're not, maybe they come into that class so I know I know it anyway, I'm just going to come and entertain the idea, and they walk away learning something. Mm-hmm. But if that wasn't there in the first place, the, 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 the level of education hasn't achieved anything anyway. Yeah. You know, it hasn't grown.
1: Um, I think once you get past the barrier of, is it the industry or is it the general public? And as long as it's not just the general public, people can walk in off the street. It's like all of these people, they're, they're some sort of professional in whatever their discipline is. Yeah. Even if they've never performed scarification before, like I'm perfectly fine with it because it's not like I'm in there just being like, yeah, just do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, these are some safety concerns. And it's like, if they walk out of that room, they might not have ever heard that safety concern before. So like, thats I see that as a benefit and not as a risk.
0: Yeah, no, I, I 100% see it as a benefit. Um there's just always that part of my head that, that sits in going what, not what is the counter, but like, what about the, how do we get more people to, to understand that by you teaching it, you're not putting it as I am the, I'm the only one that can teach this. Other people should. Sure. Um, And then that becomes that whole wave of like, well, where's the, like what criteria do we, there's minimum standards and it's, it's It's a struggle to think that if we if we don't find this kind of common ground of openness with it where we have to accept that it's already the, the, the box is open like and it's open way before I started doing this stuff yeah, like um, the, if we can take steps towards um, having conversations of um what do you feel is m- more appropriate to teach or what how, how can you educate people where you're not necessarily necessarily telling them this is my way the only way but like hey we we use this instead of this maybe you want to try mm-hmm. or um i've seen you do this and here's some pointers you know yeah um because at the end it does become more egocentric that the person like with suspension, in or an example I would use is that they forget that the practice that they are doing is not about them. They are doing it to someone,
1: to a, a suspendee. Yeah, they're facilitating someone else's experience. Yeah. yeah, and
0: it's like you can come and do all this education and better yourself, but if you don't apply that in the in the con in the context of you will be doing this to someone yeah. else, then
1: if I was a, susp- a suspension practitioner, I would be like nerding out about rope and cleanliness and all that. But I would completely forget about the human being on the other end of the hook, to be honest, you know, yeah.
0: <laughs> sometimes I've done that. <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, But that's something where you, you can see it with all these level, like within a lot of the conferences that people go there and they, they tick off their box of, I did, I went to this conference, mm-hmm. but there's, there's that, there's almost there's a bunch of people who want to go to this conference because they they want to get better for their their business for their yeah. their practice as opposed to just coming in and being like oh I learned this thing mm-hmm. I now know how to do this but they never apply it or, yeah um, and in suspension that that's or from my experience within suspension that can be quite common is um, you you need to to as a practitioner need to. Um, take that education and realize it's got to be applied to your practice not just to yourself Mm -hmm. you know tying the knots and stuff is great if you know how to do it but remembering that if you're not the one hanging from that then it's like it is for a person where you go oh well maybe I need to make sure that I am actually yeah Following it the right way not oh, it's good enough, you
1: know, but that can transfer over to a lot of things You know the tattoo client the, the piercing client the scarification client all yeah. that stuff like when you lose sight of them And you almost like fetishize the act of performing it it turns into a whole ridiculous thing I've definitely gone down that hole plenty of times and now, you know I, I try to pull back sometimes and be like all right, I should be a little bit better of a human being and not just try to focus on being the best piercer it's, or whatever. Yeah, but,
0: it's like that the, the days is a bigger badder, better, better you know, um, like get this photo up there so I get the recognition of doing this. Which is fine, like there's a place for that. But there's also a a part of, of the, like the people who do practice suspension, who are doing it in a way that is not how we would see as, I don't know, the most safest approach but then looking at it and going, well, they, why are they not using all this stuff? And why are they not doing this cool stuff? I mean, they're trying to copy us and they're not doing it mm-hmm. good. And it's like, yeah, but what is it for you? Is suspension, this like finished result where the body's hanging and, and it's this thing that you look at, just this object, or are you trying to make it where you use all the education you have to give this person the best experience and there's this symbiotic relationship of you make something that's beautiful or, um doesn't even have to be beautiful. It can be practical. Mm. It can work. Um, and yeah, maybe in a roundabout way that stems back to like dissolving the ego with, with disseminating information and not making it about you, but the whole practice, you know? Yeah. You are not one. You are one person who practices suspension, but the act itself is connected to so many people yeah. that... Um, you don't have to be all like, oh, we're all one, and I do this, and the ripples. It's like, no, but you do this, doesn't mean you're any different from the person who does this. You can use the best equipment in the
1: world, and someone can be using the shitty equipment. Yeah, like. well, and there, there's more than one way to do it right.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but that's my, like, I, I, because of the experiences I had, you, you know, rubbing margarine on a steel pole, <laughs> to now where I, where I would feel competent in my abilities, I don't look back and go, yeah, but, like, we didn't know it. It's like, no, we didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I see someone, you know, I used to have this approach of, like, there's so much information out there. Why can't people do it better? I had these experiences. To now I go, like, well, actually, there's not. Like, there isn't as much as you you, you think there is. Um, or there's not specific information out there that you would be, you know, searching for. You could, if, if, if it was, like, I don't know, body mods, you can find maybe the tools and the, the supplies, but then you're sitting there going like, right. How do I so, use it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then you start going down this path of like, ah, shit, like yeah. I thought I knew how to do this, but I don't. Mm-hmm. And then the process begins again. You have to try and find someone who's willing to teach you, but they don't want to. Maybe they think you're stealing business, maybe, yeah. you know. And, it's, yeah.
1: and all, those, all those innovations that we have today are based on a foundation of like reckless, but also like really amazing experimentation
0: yeah i'm there's somewhat of this like romantic nostalgia to the to the yesteryear of wow well, it was the wild west and we could get away with stuff and then i i feel like some somewhere there's this part in people within within the greater community industry that they go yeah but we used to be able to do this and now we can and it's it's like you the past was then and you wouldn't be wanting to do that no no we could do it cleaner and like yeah but that's Mm -hmm. the point it was that that worked hand in hand back then it was a little bit more I don't want to say reckless it was was,
1: punk rock yeah (laughs) it was DIY
0: it was a bit more rustic
1: um, artisanal
0: yeah and it was also at the point where i feel a lot of people were doing it because it wasn't necessarily rebellious it's because you found something that made you a bit more whereas maybe people come in now and it is that rebellion and Mm -hmm. they're getting honed into well there's rebellion but with rules like um but yeah it's it's it was a it was an interesting you know look back of seeing how we did stuff and the the hurdles we went through to then seeing it five, six years later to people in other parts of the world where we're as a community looking around Mm -hmm. and I'm going, but they were me, like, and well, they still are me, like, and then going further forward and then looking to the people around you going, man, the shit's advanced, but you've also got, you're you're still using all this old Mm -hmm. stuff. Why do you use, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to understand that there isn't always, the evolution doesn't always have to be to the next Bigger, best thing. It's evolving and taking the bits that work and keeping them, and adapting new stuff. But not, you know, s- suspension back from um, it's okay. suspension back from when I first started to now is not really changed in the the um, the end result, mm-hmm. but the application has sure. evolved. Yeah. Um, which is yeah, thanks to people talking and
1: well to, to, to bring it back to that so like you know you land back in the UK scene and you're, ex- you're exposed to Italy you're exposed to Dallas all that stuff and like, Oslo
0: I went to Oslo Suscon that year
1: I went to the, yeah. the so I went to Oslo to cover Pinpoint while they were doing their symposium and like I'm, yeah no I'm we not, met there no, yeah. no, that's was that the met? first time we met or? I
0: think it was the first time we met in person um, uh, 2012 because mm-hmm. um, I was uh, yeah Alan introduced us
1: well I, I went yeah. over there to cover a piercing shop as a piercer and like I, I'm not you know I, I, I know people in the suspension world but I'm not part of the suspension world and um, going to that symposium like blew my mind in so many different ways just like seeing like the the free flow of information and then seeing the performances that came out of it and all that stuff and i was like wow this is not at all like i don't know i i don't know what i expected but it, it was it wasn't that it was, was just there no
0: like i mean Considering the years that you've been exposed to it, was this, how, I I don't struggle to say it's impossible for me to understand, but it's like, there must have been something where you've seen a little bit before to not have this almost like, maybe it's, oh, it's different from what it used to be, but was it really that much of a drastic shock to see how we were?
1: So in the the US, suspension is very much about the people, the team, you know? Like, not to say it in a negative, but, you know, it's like... um, you know, it's very much like, oh yeah, I'm good. I, okay, let me let me pull it back a little bit. And if if the person I'm talking about is listening, I apologize. But I went to this this thing, and people were doing suspensions, and um, I got in this one-on-one conversation with someone, and I, I you know I was a bit of a suspension skeptic at the point, and, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, so what kind of suspension are you doing today? And he's like, oh, I just want something to like wake up my energy and get like this. Kid. And I was like. Cool man, yeah, I'm I'm open to it. And I was like, So what do you what are you doing? He's like, I'm gonna hang by my ass cheeks. And I was like, All right, all right, your ass it, it, it was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it was very much like a Bleh, you yeah, know, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. and I was just like, all, all right. And then going from that where it seemed like more of a show off kind of thing, right. going to the the Oslo symposium and seeing like all this like rigging that blew my mind and just like the, the care that went into it and you know, Stellark was there and yeah. all this stuff. And it was just like, I don't know. I don't even really fully know how to articulate it, but it definitely blew my mind.
0: No, it's, it's, it's interesting because I'd, i I'd, I'd been to the Dallas one. I'd seen how, uh, how that operated. Um, and it was rad. I've, I've, it was a, amazing experience Mm -hmm. there was nothing that i took away in this like absolute negative terms by any means um but the the european scene because there was all there's always been this division between sort of like there's the american scene the european scene and then there's everyone else like Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) the ones that we can't really categorize but we'll just put them all together and um working in the in working over here in in mainland europe with Wings of Desire, with um, uh, Body Extremes in Copenhagen, um, Superfly in in Berlin. Like, there did seem to feel like there was a lot more openness to talking. Mm -hmm. There was still, not necessarily standoffish, but there was a little bit more like, more like factions. Everyone's in their own little group. Yeah. Um, But it was a bit more like, almost we had this approach of we wanted to be taken serious. Like, not that we're just hooligans doing this, but if there was media, we want people to see it and present it in a positive light, mm-hmm. that we're not all like people who have problems and this is the only resolve. Um, but the the symposium was an amazing experience. It was the first of its, its type. Yeah. You know, this, I mean, it was meant to be um, a gathering of minds within suspension mm-hmm. with li- as little practical suspension as possible. Um, but that was a, that was an eye opener to the fact that you could have these weird conversations about stuff that was closely related to suspension, but somehow wasn't necessarily about suspension. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, Beto had a class on how to reduce, um, waste within suspension, which crossed over into, yeah, so if you do piercing, maybe don't package everything like this. Mm-hmm. And you, you start to have these 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 conversations like, man, yeah, we actually do use a lot of trash. You care about the environment? Yeah, I care a little. Okay, then try this, you know. Um, rather than just like, so here's this not here's this math, here's how you do this. And that also invites people in who may not know about the practical sides of suspension, but they're like, hey, I work with ecology and mm-hmm. I know how you do this and this. And um, yeah, it was an amazing experience and, uh, Fucking cold, like it was horribly cold then. <laughs> Winter in Oslo, um, yeah, it was a it was this that then spawned the the um the symposium events. There was uh one in um New York, and then we had one three or four years ago in Berlin. And they've always been focused around that more gathering of the minds and trying to talk about
1: advancement, and-
0: yeah, but n- not necessarily about teaching practitioners uh uh about the fundamental like we have to do this and this but the talking about well how have you thought about these other aspects Mm -hmm. like um um people talking with um mental health or like things closely related to this but not necessarily exactly one topic um and more of the i don't know like the metaphysical parts of of suspension which you can then take to body mod to tattooing to whatever Mm -hmm. Um, but it it's again trying to find a level where people aren't saying this is the benchmark or like this is the stand- this is the benchmark and you have to either meet it or exceed it as opposed to like hey there's this topic that I've been really curious about yeah do you want to can I can I research it and then present it to you and maybe it's interesting and then you end up having some of the most fascinating conversations like. Which then can spawn someone else into thinking of something like I don't know thinking of Uh, like what would be a good example? Oh my fr- Daniel Thomas Daniel like who you he was on here talking mm-hmm. with you oh, I love him to death Lemon um, daniel yeah, daniel lemon. Uh, daniel lemon shit <laughs> I dead named him Fuck, He's a good friend of mine. <laughs> I promise um He um He uh me and him had a conversation once and it's it's listening to him talk about um, gloves and sterile gloves and the usage of sterile gloves in certain practice. And we had about a five or six hour discussion trying to work out what would be, you know, it stemmed from, I think, an offhand comment from me is saying, sterile gloves in the practice of suspension is actually pointless. And then we went through this debate, conversation, topics over and over to come to this kind of thing where i changed my opinion he changed his a little and we were just like actually this is something that you can talk about and then he ended up researching it for like months Mm. and that's something that just came from a an offhand comment of an opinion that i have or had wherever i stand at the moment i can't remember um about a, a one um part of a process that is often Overlooked. Overlooked. Yeah. Yeah,
1: just throw the hook and then pay attention yeah. to everything else. And
0: that got me into thinking and breaking down other parts from just like, okay, so if it's just about gloves, what about this part? What about marking? What about the skin prep we use? And, mm-hmm. and then from that, you can then maybe dilute some of the information down to go what's relevant and what's not relevant um, that you can give to someone and go hey so we do this now because of these reasons and here's what what's up and mm-hmm. that was that i find is an easier way to approach some of the, the dissemination of information is yeah. to be like hey so
1: explaining a thought process giving someone information where they can kind of recreate that thought process and it's just it's logic to them mm-hmm. that's the best kind of learning if you just tell somebody do this i don't have time to explain why oh, it's the yeah, best. Yeah it's not gonna come across the same way.
0: No, but that's that that's, that's a, like, I hate that aspect of you, you tell someone, do something, they do it, they teach someone else that, and then the why has been lost that you ask someone. Sure. Um, why do you do it this way? And they stand there and go, oh. Well, that's
1: some of the most important information because if you look at someone with a, a 10 or a 20 or a longer career, like they've, they've probably had a different opinion of what is the best, several points. And like, it's important to talk to them about like, yeah, well, what do you do now? But then like, what brought you to that? What are the things that you like tried and maybe moved on from over the course of your career? Like that's that's massively important too. It's hugely important for sure.
0: It's, it's one of those, that's where I'm in the the, the, the part that gets lost is in the communication where you teach your apprentice or whatever to do something and then they advance later on to have their apprentice and they start teaching that person but they're not questioning why they do the thing because Mm. they're like yeah but Ryan taught me this
1: so it must be right they don't have as deep of a foundation because like they didn't have to make all those decisions and logical jumps along the way
0: and then they go to events and then they see someone else doing it and they're like well they're doing it wrong like Mm. and it's it, it, part of that can be ego is not wanting to, almost questioning it in this accusi- uh, accusatory way of being like, why do you do it like this mm-hmm. instead of this? Why do you do it that way? Oh, because well, it works for me. This and this, yeah. you know. Um, and even the even the conversation with Daniel, we would we were like not butting heads, but we were having this this sort of real heavy way of approach to try and almost change each other's opinion about gloves that neither of us use Mm -hmm. like (laughs) like we i have no no like no more vested interest in it than i was curious Mm -hmm. and um it's to be able to then understand that, to go to someone, hey, this is why I don't use them. Like, here's the factors, mm. or hey, this is why I use them. Do what you want with that information, but not presenting it as like, if you don't do what I am telling you to do, then somehow you are lesser than me, or you don't understand. Yeah. Like, um, and again, with, the whole, with this conversation, it comes to me with that, um, trying to be trying to find a way to communicate everything that we can from the people who have the information to the people who either search for it or are just curious that it's not, um, something that you, you attain. And then somehow your, I don't know, your energy bar pumps up and Mm -hmm. then you reach the next level, you know, it's, you should take it and utilize it how you want or don't utilize it. um, um, give it to someone else, I don't know. But, but the uh, communication that within the whole scene, the, the tattoo, body mod, piercing, scarification, suspension scene, the communication that seems to stifle is this putting people into a box and then going, well, you don't need to know this part, so I don't tell you, and you, Take that on your own to judge what you are willing to give. Mm -hmm. Whether you're just freely like me, I will free flow information as opposed to, and if someone comes and asks me, I will free flow it. But instead of standing around waiting, going like, so, like, who do I give this to? Mm -hmm. Like, hmm, who shall I pick today that I will tell a nugget of information to and then feel good about myself? Mm -hmm. But it does yeah it changes it's changed over time it's um yeah that's why i think it's i don't know maybe full circle's not the right way but going from a fractured international way being somewhat unified with a a common um internet base which would have been um bme in whatever form at the time that someone had found it Mm -hmm. to then that that creating factions of of different parts of the industry that no longer scarification you can't do scarification unless you're a piercer or you know you can't do suspension unless you're a piercer or you know this sort of way that it comes an element and a body of its own that then they have become so fractured that they're too distant from each other that now people yeah well what are you well, I'm a tattoo artist and I do suspension yeah but which one are you like right. are you a tattoo artist or are you a suspension practitioner well, I don't know what day is it where am <laughs> I like um, and that that I I don't struggle with it in a in a <laughs> like a day to day wake up and have a a crisis but it's something that I I can't still get my head around what would be the the way to to dissolve that part you know mm i don't do scarification i know a little about it but i could have a conversation with someone and i'd love to have a conversation with them but not in the way of like i'm going to walk away from that and go cool now i know how to do it i'll just i'll I'll give it a go i feel like
1: that with with tattooing because i know that there have been a handful of piercers that got into like Dot work tattooing, being like, well, how hard could it be? Oh, and it's man. like, it's a whole career. It's man. a whole it's a whole thing.
0: <laughs> when I started doing hand poke tattoos, I did it because I got taught by Yestin. By, um, um, and I never wanted to tattoo anyone else. I just wanted to tattoo myself from being a kid, like mm-hmm. trying to find out this stuff. And then I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then, you know, friends, Eden and Nace and another one at the studio wanted me to do something. And then I found, I was like, okay, at some point I can do bigger and better stuff and then i would meet people in the hand poke community like somehow there was this this european faction of hand pokers where they i didn't fit in there i don't know they were very much a difference not artistic style but lifestyle mm-hmm. type to me but it became, were, I was, I'm looking, going, this is another, fa- you're broken off, because well, you don't use machines, then you are somehow this different group of people. You don't look at the action you do. You make a tattoo, you're a tattoo artist. Yeah, but I'm a hand-poked tattoo artist. Yeah, but you, you make tattoos. Yeah, but I don't use machine. I'm like, hey, okay, that's cool. So you're not hanging around in bars. What it, I don't get it. Like, yeah. and you'd meet the I'd see these people who were be doing who were piercers that would start doing some hand poke and then 2 years later I check in and I'm like oh so you've given up piercing now you just you you do hand poke tattoos but somehow if they still make a piercing they will they will cling onto that like well, I'm still a piercer I'm still a piercer which is fine it's a label mm-hmm. but you it becomes this faction of you have to align with, well, not maybe have to but you align with this this group and that defines who you are, what information you're privy to, who you can talk to, to an extent. How you're
1: seen How in you're the overall seeing. community. You come here and you introduce yourself as, oh, hello, I'm a this or I'm a that. People are immediately going to start to kind of put you into a box.
0: Yeah, that's, that's why it's, it's, what was it with, with uh, yeah, APP, you get your little ribbon and mine had this, this ISA thing on it. And I just had that moment like, damn, this is what this is what people are gonna think of. Everybody's me. Everybody's gonna <laughs> think you're just the suspension guy. Yeah, I'm like yeah. like oh or you would do that walking around there. They go, So what do you do? And I'm like, Oh I'm tattoo and they're like, Oh so you're not a piercer and I'm like, Why are you no, here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why are you here? And I'm yeah. like, I have no idea. And it's thanks for the question. Now <laughs> I'm just gonna leave, you know. Or or even with the the, the part of being there with friends, being with um, uh, with Alan or um, uh, Brian or, or bumping into you, I don't know, anyone there, Paul, Beth, these people yeah. that I know, I know of I know of them and I'm friends with them, but not through the piercing scene. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting way to be there. So I think me and Bruno were walking around and someone will go, well, how do you know Bruno? And I'll be like, oh, we've, we've worked together with some suspensions. Oh, you're a piercing, no, I'm not. And it's this like, but why are you friends with them? Like, how are you, in this moment, you're in this conference and you're with this person, you should not, like, not shouldn't be, but you have this feeling of, you shouldn't be allowed to be with them. Like, I've tried and I'm not with them, mm-hmm. and I'm a piercer, but you're, what's going you're on? You're not
1: cool enough to be Bruno's friend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I just go and play slots and have a drink <laughs> and, and carry on being happy in my life. Yeah. Like, but it's not to say it's an—it's always this negative thing by any means, but it's an observation of...
1: People judge, and it's almost in like a way of like, you know, um, what what worth am I going to put on you as someone that I know? Yeah. It's like, oh, did you meet Matt? Oh, you know, Matt the tattooer? Or, oh, Matt the suspension guy? Yeah. yeah, oh, or, shit. If I'm yeah. the tattoo artist, this means
0: nothing to most. Mm-hmm. If I'm the suspension person at a suspension event that I am helping out at, then, you know, somehow I fit into this different level where... I can take a sense of pride of being, well, I've attained this, this part, but I still, you know, that doesn't last, that lasts the weekend mm-hmm. and then you go home and then I'm like, oh, but how can I, how can I get back to that? You know, it's not going into the supermarket and being like, so do you know who I am? Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> I have no clue. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, have you seen suspension? Like <laughs> trying to just do, like, research it for a year and then you'll know, like, right. um, but it's it's yeah, seeing that that the way that you kind of get factioned off about who you know or what you know or what you do isn't always a bad thing, but it does stem uh, this. Oh, it it stifles the the progression in some way. Mm. The conferences like APP are amazing. They 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 give more than they take. So there's nothing but a positive from them. Yeah. Um, and BMX, the same, uh, the UKPP, the Suscons, whatever happens. Um, uh, I just, I, I hope the progression is that people start to see it. That you don't have to, you can, you can just be you being here asking questions and get what you need, but yeah. not having to feel like if I don't, you know, next year I want to come back and I want to be the cool one or get this badge. And it's like, this is awesome if that's what you want to attain, but as long as it's gonna be practical to the rest of your career or help you make whatever you do better, because if it's, we we work in a, cut, all of us work, we need people, we're customer-based, whether it's suspension or piercing or Mm -hmm. tattoo, that if you, you could be the best at the conference and getting everything right and sitting in all the classes, but if you don't apply that, then,
1: What's the point? Yeah,
0: Yeah. I mean, try to be, like, dissolving the ego is such an easy way to say it, but, like, trying to look beyond the fact that um, what you learn here doesn't necessarily define you um, for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to... You can you can sit and be at whatever level you want and carry on, and it is completely fine. You don't have to always. There, there's always there's always only going to be one best of something, and it doesn't have to be you. And yeah. you don't have to replace the next, and it doesn't have to constantly change. But you can have this level where there's like if if it wants to be looked at, there's always one best. On the level below, there can be a thousand people that are all at the same level, just as good, but they're like that that. I don't know, like a, a pubic hairs uh, width away from the next level, without yeah. realizing, because they're just looking ahead to this 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 goal that does nothing but a status, mm-hmm. you know. And this is I to apply it to suspension. I always see that some of these teams around the world that may not be using the best equipment, but I could not care less as long as what they are doing is. Oh, I mean, care less to an extent. <laughs> I do care. Um, I see it and think you are doing so You are doing exactly what I would have been doing. So what's the problem? Yeah. Like just because I have the information now that I didn't have then doesn't mean that you have to wait or or you can't get this. Like yeah. It's I could I could write an email, write a message.
1: If you took if you took a handful of piercers from the U.S. and just dropped them in. The BMX net experience—I think their brains would explode because they'd be like, "What? You you pierce this way, or oh, you do you do this thing this way?" And it's like they just—they wouldn't—they wouldn't be able to rationalize it. Yeah, I also it.
0: see it from the side that they they also then realize how relaxed it is. Yeah, that a lot of—I mean, again, BMX is a is a is a unique event in that format that it's not organized by a piercer, let's yeah, say. Yeah. It's organized by one of the most passionate people about this, keeping this, this education and the scene alive.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's not about an ego thing because this could be like, you know, Stefan could be out there wearing like a gold jumpsuit, diamond encrusted. And, yeah, you, you know.
0: You see him running around sweating. Yeah. You're just like, man, yeah. this is how, does it pay off? Like, right. um, the, I've seen it before with some of the uh, North Americans that will come here that they almost become so... Not all of them, but there's a few that you see become overwhelmed with how relaxed Mm -hmm. it is here because I don't know everyone here. And that doesn't mean it in the way of everyone should know who I am, but if I don't know you, then you're not important. It's one of these people come here for the first time this year, some people for the 10th, the... um, it, it doesn't matter the fact that you have attended is the achievement yep. it is the, the that is the, the 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 good thing you have done is come here everyone's on the same level there is no i mean i guess the speakers are on a bit of a different level because they're the ones giving out the information <laughs> but the the people who attend everyone's the same so you see a class here of uh like what's going on the the suture class that's going on next door if you go in there like well if we were to go in there right now and pick 10 people at random and mm-hmm. ask what their profession is of course it's it could be a chance that all 10 are piercers yeah. but there's a chance that there's people in here who are just genuinely curious mm-hmm. about it and they've got the time to, to learn and yeah. what's What's wrong with her? Oh, well, how are they going to use it later on? What does it matter? Maybe
1: they never use it, but they they learn the information and where's the harm in that?
0: I used to have that thought with the, with the suture classes of like, maybe we shouldn't be teaching this because then, you know, if they do it and they do it wrong, they can cause more harm. And then it's the same thing again, like, but some, if I go in there and learn it, I know that I'm not, I know in myself that I'm not going to use it, but I just want to learn it. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, maybe other people do that. Like, again, applying my, projecting my own a position and stance on something to yeah. everyone else.
1: Well, like like in the scarification class, if there's 20 or 50 people or something like that in one of those classes, I know that the majority of them will probably never hold a scalpel, but it's like, they're there, they're learning information and maybe that just kind of, whatever whatever their discipline is, maybe they picked up some like little thing that they can kind of transfer information over to.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's also, it's it's, the question I would pose in that way of of trying to see how you feel with it would be, would you do it in this? Would you do that same class in your hometown, sort of thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. It's not, but it's not to yeah. say like, okay, now you're a hypocrite. But it's that it's you've chosen the right time and place to give the people who yeah. who want it um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't mean that, it, in my view and opinion of it, it, doesn't mean, well, yeah, but he wouldn't teach this, he won't teach this in his own backyard, like, come here and let everyone fuck themselves up. It's like, even having that view and taking a stance like well, the people here are hungry for the information. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that we don't have people here who can teach it, by any means but we have someone like yourself who's experienced and has the, the uh, track record, let's say, um, that you are willing to, to, give, this, to give your time and, and past experience and talk about mistakes or why you do this. That The pe- people here are very receptive to this um, because we can try to see, yeah, well, you've come here. You're willing to give your time. I'm wanting to learn. Um, it's, it, is there anyone else who can do it? Yeah, but no one else has said. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like we, you know, well, this person asked and we're gonna say no, but like, education in that, in, in that uh, viewpoint would be, is the person who's teaching it capable of uh, actually presenting the information in a format that makes sense and is uh, logical um, and are they doing something that benefits the the people around? Whether they utilize it in their own business or not, or not. yeah. Um, maybe someone in there realizes that they don't actually ever want to scar someone, and they're like, "Yeah, no, I'm noping out." Not for me. Video. Yeah, they're yeah. like,
1: uh, "I was going to try it next week, but now I'm i yeah. out." You know, I've I've heard I've heard both sides of it. I've heard some people be like, "Oh yeah, I that made me realize that it's not for me," and other people where. I'll bump into them a year or two later, and they're like, "Oh, I took your course, and look at this piece I did." And I was like, "Wow, that's amazing! That's great!" Yeah, 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 like, yeah. And then that's again having
0: to <laughs> almost have that that self control of being like, "So yeah, just, just I don't know, it's a business for me, so don't take any of mine." Well, like, yeah, yeah. but that's that's the, that ties into the fact of people not wanting to disseminate information mm. because they somehow feel if they harbor it, then they keep all of the business. Yeah, themselves. they'll get
1: all the clients yeah. if they don't share any of the information. Yeah,
0: and it's it's. It's like, we're not going to run out of people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if I if I was doing... We, we have in, in Berlin many suspension teams and we've tried to talk between all of them. I mean, I'm not part of a team. I'm mm-hmm. a hired gun. That is how I've always seen it. You're I will, mercenary. I will... You want me to help? I will come and help. I do not care. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like doing it and it's easier for me to be disassociated with any one faction that I can just hop around. And um, you don't find... You, you hear the sort of talks and stuff like um, oh well this person's doing a lot and this person's not doing so much and it's like yeah but that's that's how life goes sometimes maybe the people they're suspending don't want to suspend with you mm. um, maybe you offer something that the other person can't offer Yeah, um, it doesn't just because you do it doesn't make you own everything that surrounds it in your one area sure mm-hmm. if you're in some small town and you start and then your next door neighbor does it it's a little awkward yeah but um to think that you then need to prevent uh, you somehow have to to prevent others from doing it by restricting some access they have to mm-hmm. to supplies or information yeah. or,
1: it just means that they're going to do it, but they're, they're going to do it without the ideal supplies, without the ideal information.
0: It's, it's, the, it's the prime example when they try to ban any of these, these uh, uh, subcultures. And when you, when you see this sort of stuff that you want to restrict access to it, somehow people who do this think that it's going to disappear instead of go underground where you're just not going to know about it. Yeah. and. It's not to say that we're living in that sort of dystopian where we can't do it, but it's the actions of yourself towards some of these people where you, maybe they've asked you a question, and you brush it off and you don't want to answer or you're like, I can't tell you. Whatever reason, it's the same, some part of the same logic, well, they're still going to try to do it and they will just find another way to do it. Mm. And doesn't mean that you it doesn't always mean that if you give them this information and something causes harm that you're responsible um but it also doesn't help push forwards to be um, restrictive on on talking about past mistakes or um past experiences or why you don't use a certain I don't know, a certain product that you found to be shit.
1: The crazier thing is all those people, even if they are like restricting information, five years from now, there'll be a whole other generation that'll be looking down their noses and be like, oh, you used to do that.
0: (laughs) Within suspension, I saw over the years of going to to, like Oslo Sascon for, I don't know how many years, whatever, eight, nine years in a row. And you see the evolution there of some of the people in the beginning, the older crowd, they stop going and then it's replaced by a newer one. And then next thing you know, you are the older crowd Mm -hmm. and it's just new people. And you, you, you have this, like everyone's doing stuff different. And then you feel archaic where you're like, man, have I not evolved? Yeah. Have I not been keeping up on
1: what's like new and like cutting edge? Yeah, Yeah. And
0: and especially in industries where there is not necessarily print media or it's mm-hmm. only on, uh, or blogs are not really uh, so active, but um, where it is a very in-person um, method of communication that um, you, you feel a bit kind of like, oh, if, if I can only just get in and talk with them somehow. So what's, what's the lowdown on this? Yeah. Like, what are um, the
1: cool kids up to these days? And
0: this, and and even in the, from the beginning of the conversation, this is something that Eden instilled into me. Was like he is so open about stuff mm-hmm. with with how he uses bits. I mean, on social media, he will be open. Like I bought these hard, I bought this hardware because of this, this, and this. And it did instill this this sense into me of like you can just talk about stuff without having to have an intent behind it of um, the the feeling that the ramifications of it somehow yeah you know there's a negative or positive to it as opposed to you want to talk about suspension sure i will happily sit and talk about it for hours Mm -hmm. like if you want me to teach you how to do it that's a different conversation and for a different time yeah but it's not like oh i don't want to talk about it now because we're sitting having a beer or something like and then you go oh shut me down he doesn't want to talk it's it's i will happily teach you how to do something um just give me your time like it shouldn't it like put in a little bit of effort just yeah. a tiny just a tiny right. amount yeah. and i will spill guts on stuff you know but man it's times a change and it's fun and i hope i hope that there will still be awesome like suspensions and stuff that happens I can look at and go man it's got it's evolved beyond to what I thought it could you know as opposed to always having to be ahead of the curve or being the one at the front of the um the crowd looking going like oh yeah these these are people I know you know like but it's yeah I think talking more and being open and trying to um not see yourself as this uh see yourself as an individual within a community but you are you are part of that community whether you like it or not and i don't say that everyone wants to be in it but if you if you're practicing suspension to me how fractured or broken a community is you're still doing something that's that i do as well Mm -hmm. therefore why can't we be the same you know
1: we're all drops in the same ocean it's oh, a, <laughs> a little deep like, <laughs> I don't know about that
0: okay 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 yeah, that's but too yeah. much of a bumper sticker you come to events like this and then you start you yeah. can't pick right you go to APP you know most people are going to be a piercer you come to an event like this I don't know what people are pull like, free
1: yeah are you a performer yeah. or are you a, a Tattoo artist? Yeah. Are you are you counter staff? That's I love that about BMX because sometimes you just you you're sitting down having lunch and you're like oh you know so what do you do and it's like you you meet people like Louis who's just like oh I make these yeah crazy leather things. Listen, it's,
0: it's like you you I don't know if if I was a first time person meeting him here and I'd look and I go I have I have no clue are yeah. you do you even go to this event? Are you, right. Have you just wandered off the street sort of thing? Like, are you trying to pawn where mm-hmm. And then you, re- and then talking to him and seeing the history of this going like, Oh shit, you are like, yeah. you have more history than I have. Right. And sitting and talking with him about stuff is r- making me realize, Oh shit, you've, you've done stuff like years ago, learned from it. But, there hasn't been not that he has to, but there hasn't been this kind of platform for him to explain it. That mm. if I make the mistake, he's like, "Yeah, I did that a while ago, so I did this." And I'm like, "Shit, I wish you'd told me." Like, mm-hmm. You know, um, but it does it, it by having that. Even here, having that, you have a badge that's attendee or speaker. Yeah, um, but that's like it, it's not trying to shit on any other event where it's
1: and not twenty ribbons trying to show off lots of different things.
0: Have my own opinion. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's it's it, it does ground you into this fact of there's no labeling to be like which is in my opinion a good thing that you as you say you see people sitting around and talking and no one necessarily knows who someone else is or there's no visual indicator that the person like this
1: person's a big deal Yeah, (laughs) yeah like yeah
0: that i mean yeah that blew my mind at app just like I I I don't know because because of the events here you get a badge mm-hmm. like with your name <laughs> this is who you are yeah uh, maybe which team you're affiliated with but this is who you are or studio or whatever and it was just a, a, a again a cultural shift of being like why mm-hmm. like I mean it's it's not a as I say it's not a bad thing it's just this like is it for you, is it for other people, is it for the, the event? Like, trying to understand what, uh, uh, what it provides to the person who's looking at it, like, and you do see it, that there'll be some young people that are like, oh my God, there's, there's this person over there, look at like, I need to go and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome, like, it's great. And then you're in a platform or an environment where people can come and talk to yourself and maybe not know your your history or or your standing in the community or wherever that can ground you, maybe. Either. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to walk around with this. I don't know. Either you walk around with this huge ego of like, look at me, a bit in the same way going, I just wish no one would talk to me. Right. Like, right. you're in a place where you people here. Are some I think probably a little more grounded um, but we don't have the reach that like another a big event uh, like uh, APP conference would have which would be awesome here
1: yeah but that that doesn't have the community that BMXnet has it's very fractured there
0: yeah it's just yeah. I guess it's the scales of the economy for it like mm. you get this this attendance of and, and the education that you teach there but then maybe if you want more of the, the community side, then you have to give up a little of this. Sure. But it's, it's interesting to see the, the differences of how you can have veterans here that have, this is the first time they've come to this event, mm-hmm. compared to veterans of APP, that they've been every year yeah. for whatever, 20 years, mm-hmm. or what was it? I don't know how many years it's been going.
1: Yeah, let say twenty. Yeah.
0: But like, it's funny to see that people who have been practicing piercing or tattooing for for two, three decades, they've taken that leap to come and mm-hmm. uh, come to an education event, which is, is it's humbling in itself. It's it's you know taking that step into going well, it's it's I'll oh, just come in and have a look and see what it's like. But to be welcomed in a way of yeah, not we don't care about you. We don't. We don't care your reasons for coming here sure. to an extent. Yeah, like we're all I, here to learn. Yeah, that's uh, not caring. Isn't the correct way to phrase it? But it's if you if you come here, awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, and I apply that to any event. If you go to a SussCon or you go to a, a conference or like they tried a few times with ScarCon or something mm. like this that. By taking that step it is a very humbling thing yeah. that you can only, maybe not only, but you do generally get more positive um, reaction from in yourself that you've taken that step to go into an environment where maybe you're not sure of how you're going to fare or, hmm. oh, I'm not, I don't know anyone. Like, we don't care. <sighs> Just come here. The yeah. fact that you're doing this, it's still better than sitting at home going like, oh, I wish I'd. Sure. you yeah, gone and learned this. Yeah. And learning about stuff of, that you may not thought you wanted to learn about. Mm-hmm. Um, finding that there's people talking about things that you didn't know were of interest to you or you didn't even know applied to your industry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, Beto and Eugenia talk about this with suspension about more of these personal connections, you know, which is something that's often overlooked. And this can be even applied to Bedside manner or or your approach with talking to customers, and the more that you, the more that we, um, we make this normal—that this is how it should be—that when you come to the conference, whatever conference it is, there's going to be people that're stressed out that're running it, and there's going to be people that are excited because it's the first time. There's going to be burnt-out people that have come every year, but they don't want to give up. Mm-hmm. That by doing so, you've you've you are making the community, the industry, which however you want to see it, you're making it better just by attending. Yeah. Because well, because you,
1: there would be no community if people didn't attend.
0: No. Yeah. And you wouldn't be, you wouldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, oh, where are you going this weekend? Yeah, this conference. What is it? Oh, yeah, it sounds interesting. And another person comes along and they tell someone else. But they may be reaching to the, there's almost that kind of thing like with the, um, with the SASCONS cons that, Um, me and Alan have talked about I'm sure it was me and Alan have talked about it but it's that idea that maybe they will get to a point where you have for the first years for sure it may not be as busy as you want or it tapers off or you try to find your niche of of the market where you sit but you don't necessarily directly reach out to the people who you want to attend because you think they need it but if you get close enough at some point these people will come themselves Mm -hmm. you know And with the suspension scene, um, with the ISA, one of our goals, (laughs) which is a whole other conversation, one of the goals was to get the outreach to people in in parts of the world where maybe um, the language barrier was the biggest part to them understanding maybe why we as the modern suspension community do it in a certain way Mm -hmm. and We're trying to sit there and go like, well, we're going to do it this way without thinking that there's actually other approaches of, you know, maybe get someone who speaks their language first off and actually ask if they want help Yeah, or if they want our advice.
1: Or just access that you might
0: have. And sometimes the response was just a flat out no, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it was this, they didn't know how to start the conversation and it's not. Uh, we didn't get this sort of you know like start having this self masturbatory of we've got another one, we've saved the world. Yeah. But we did find that with with a few of us um trying to do this, that by going to maybe not directly to the, the group, but finding a group that we already knew of and saying like, hey, so there's these people, we're we've seen what they're doing, it's cool, but maybe you want to talk with them mm-hmm. and, and work with them and maybe connect. And then, you know, rather than this direct approach of going to the, going right to the source, it's like, hey, so let's connect these people. They can talk and have yeah. a chat and see if this is something positive. Sometimes and,
1: that's the best thing you can do. And the
0: next yeah. thing you know, you'll have a, like a year or two later, these two teams have organized an event mm-hmm. in their country, drawing in even more people, which is the whole point of it is to, to you know, unify some of them and not make it always sort of fractured and and trying to to take that approach with the conferences or the, the, the conventions or whatever to me is is something that i think should be more on a personal level more focused on is this like you know not maybe making it too Exclusive, or having to jump through too many hurdles, or setting this, this level, and this isn't talking shit on any <laughs> event in particular, by any means, this is a hypothetical, that if you, um, uh, because within the ISA, we had a, many conversations which stifled any progress was minimum standards, and it's sitting there going, well, who's minimum standards? Oh,
1: that's always gonna turn into an argument. Yeah.
0: My yeah. minimum standards is that they're using gloves and quillene equipment that to me is minimum standards. Like, you know, why do they have to use the stuff we use? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't that be, yeah, this is this is a, a higher level to reach, but starting in a real, something that's actually attainable, yeah. like, and not putting someone off mm-hmm. by going, so if we join you, we have to wear clean gloves and use clean equipment. And we're like, yeah. And they're like, cool, we can do that. As opposed to, do we have to buy all this stuff? Well, yeah, to join our club, you do then we just don't join we're like yeah but we want you to join yeah but you're setting these rules yeah. and we're like yeah that's the point mm-hmm. meet these rules join our club what are the benefits <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, you you get to be part of our club yeah. like and it's it, i mean i'm i'm part of the problem with that as a the uh the uh, loss is the ISA so it's by no means pinning on any one event or one person but it's again that reflection of what is the problem of uh, removing yourself and your position to go why, why can't I say what is the minimum standards to me what would I feel uncomfortably comfortable with having done to me mm-hmm. you know but not in this jokey way of like, oh, so I did this at the weekend. And you're like, yeah, but you said that you're part of this thing and you said this team can't join because it, yeah, yeah, but it's fine for me. It's like, that's the point. We, yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's... It's something that I do hold very deep to myself and it's taken a lot of self-learning and, and uh, evolution of myself to realize that you, you can... Um, you can always project this this uh, arbitrary, imaginary level that you need to reach onto everyone else and then somehow climb on top of them to get to there. The, within what we do, we're already a subculture. We're already f- like outside of the normal mainstream. And then on top of that, we're trying to form some mainstream yeah. thing within our industry before we've even got to the point mm-hmm. where where a celebrity having a tattoo is not controversial you know or or it's fine for ex-celebrity to get their face tattooed but you know gary who works in your shop is a problem you Mm know we should be very more very more that's terrible (laughs) terrible england um we should try to find an approach where uh more of this bmx style where you are an individual who's come to learn and I'm, I don't need to know what position you are in to, to start that learning. Yeah. I can find out after, but more that you've attended, you're learning, you're talking, the, the speakers are openly um, talking about whatever, that if, you, if, if anyone is listening to this in the ether, um, if you have made mistakes in the past, like, and they didn't necessarily cause too much harm or harm at all. Talk about them and find, like, talk to people and explain what happened and why it happened, mm-hmm. and not this thing of waiting for someone else to say make the same mistake and then you can point your finger and be like, ah, you did it, yeah. you know, or waiting for someone else to make a bigger mistake than you so you can feel like your sh- your blame shifted. and You're like, yep, guilt free. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that yeah. that in the past within the mod scene did no one any favors. Yeah. so um yeah it's, I, this is a weird conversation no that jumped around
1: this is probably a good point to start winding it down
0: oh, yeah well i don't know we're that. getting existential oh dude <laughs> we're just starting man existential talks for me are the best <laughs> The whole like philosophical moments that you can have within the, yeah. the body mod scene, and talking about like the what ifs and the how do you feel about this isms mm-hmm. you know. But that is that's how I got to the point of, uh, you know, starting out in in New Zealand or starting out as a kid, finding BME, finding that it's not a dirty word to talk around, like, a talk or, or with other people about. Mm-hmm. There's a commonality, you have a link, you find this other group of people, and then going from having no one to talk with other than the people around you physically to then a world where I'm, uh, you know, in close to Livorno in Italy with a group of people that we've only seen on the internet doing amazing suspension stuff and being so overwhelmed that I'm just like reevaluating my life.
1: I, it's kind of a common thread with the people who grew out of BME because like whatever was inside you that brought you to BME, you carry that through life. And then when you meet other people that have that same kind of passion for it, and it's just like, it's this explosion of like information both ways and exploration and like, what can you do with it? And that, that's really the, that's the legacy of, of BME for me. It's
0: yeah. And it's always going to be that, that topic of, if people weren't around when it happened, I wasn't in by any means involved in it. It was a source of, it was a hub of information for me. And that is what you know, helped me get to where I am by, a, as a catalyst. But for those who missed out on it, I don't think that there should be a nostalgic, like longing as though they, the, the ones that like that internet trend are pretending that you know about <laughs> something because you read it on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. The, it served its purpose, it did what it did. And after that, the, the things that spawned off from that, to me are also just as important yeah. as the catalyst but it doesn't mean that, you know...
1: If you missed it, you missed out.
0: No, I yeah. mean, if you missed out on this, you had the benefits of everything mm. that came after it without all the stuff before. Right. You know, you don't have any... You don't have to deal with the the unknown drama that occurred in certain parts where people, you know, have whatever issue they had and then you're chucked in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um but on the flip side of it, there's friends of mine, um, like to name drop Jason Shaw, he's he's one of the best people I can sit and talk about the past because not only he's nostalgic, but he's honest. Like, And that's what I, I love to hear is mm-hmm. that there's, there's not this romanticized version. There is this honest, open, truthful um, recollection of the past that hasn't been you know watered down into to 700 words for a mod blog post sure. it's actually the parts of it where you can go well this is how it was this is how it's presented mm-hmm. but this is actually what it 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 laid the foundations to yeah um which is yeah, i think like uh seeing posts from when you uh did the uh i don't know if it was scar wars or scarcon um and it was the photo of you're in the warehouse and there's the photos of you like cutting your own arm you know like they leave an impression on you yeah and it's not to be like going oh wow i remember this and there's this and this this is our commonality now we are linked because i saw this photo it's like i remember that enough to then go right but then that led me down this path to look into what is scarification is it something that interests me mm-hmm. not really cool you know like but if i hadn't have found that part to then spread off i probably wouldn't have dipped my toe in enough to find out actually what it is i'm interested in as opposed to going down the path of just one thing and resenting it or or feeling like you can only you have to pick one part of this scene and that's your one thing and if you want to move to another one you have to progress you can't do it it can't be a short shock like Mm -hmm. switch you have to go from this to this you know and it 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 did leave a big imprint to having on a very strong opinion wise, it left a very big impact from both people being very open about talking about stuff, but also giving a certain part of this closed nature of you need to be within this group to actually know about it. Yeah. And maybe that's, uh, I don't say it's the, I say that as a purely opinion, but it's, it's something that the, I really feel that we need to break out of because the those days have gone. Mm-hmm. It's trickled down into the newer generation and from that this newer generation has no reason why they do it because they've been they've just done it from the past. Yeah, like so yeah, yeah, you fit in this box. So what? well
1: why do you do it that way? Oh I saw in a class.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean <laughs> I did. Like downloading photos off Google to get a, a three-month pass for BME mm. is not like the the most illegal thing ever. But it was, it was the funny thing of going to someone else. Yeah, but can you not do that for anything that I do because mm. it doesn't benefit me? You know, I did it in the past, but please don't do it now. Yeah, like no, if it's if people want to uh, if people want to hold on to this this. of the community, they need to also remember the benefits that came from it Mm -hmm. not just, or like they need to remember the negatives, they need to remember the positives and actually uh, put that together to see that without one or the other we wouldn't have had that progression Yeah, and it's you know, if the people want to form whatever faction that they have they're free to do so, but they shouldn't also inhibit others from experimenting
1: and learning on their own. Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Stick a hook. Stick a hook wherever you want. See what happens. Yeah. Or ask someone. Should I stick a hook here? And mm-hmm. they'll give you ten different answers. Yeah. And it's a. Uh, yeah, it does get a bit philosophically deep sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I could talk for hours on it. But well, it's
1: good. I mean, we yeah. can always. Uh, we can catch up on the next one, and we can continue diving down the hole.
0: Oh, there's a deep, deep hole yeah. <laughs> of heavy opinions and and uh, arguments that can be had. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 different times, and I haven't been in it as nearly as long as some people who have. Um, there's people who've been it twice as long as me. Mm-hmm. But when you get to that point of realizing that my, my nostalgic days from the past, uh, are, they're applicable in the way of education, that's something to me that shouldn't be, a, yeah, as i said before, it shouldn't be a shameful thing. Yeah. And people can laugh, I'll laugh at
1: it. Well, it's experience, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, it just boils down to it. It's experience, maybe some of it's for the better, some of it's for the worse, but it's all experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's trying to treat that as not you don't always, like, if, if something went wrong, it's not always treating it as a negative. Yeah. It was a learning
1: experience. I fucked up so much, so much stuff. Oh, I'm sure and you then And then, <laughs> then there was a period where it was like, well, I fucked it up a little bit less. And then after a while, I was like, oh, I didn't fuck it up this time.
0: Nice. Oh, yeah. I'm like, shit, man, the body's off the floor and they look happy.
1: Like, yeah. man, oh, today's a
0: good day. Right. Like, but even, even thinking of, uh, we used to do a thing which was like, two two down and two out and that was like 2 inches down from the neck and 2 inches out from the spine for hooks and that was my first suspension was was done like this was it wrong no was it could it have been done better probably mm-hmm. but at that time we didn't know anything so it's like this is how you do it yeah. if it works then it's a success <laughs> if it doesn't then then maybe Try next time. time yeah like yeah. but it's it, that wouldn't we wouldn't have progressed from that had we just stuck in this thing of going if it works mm-hmm. why change it yeah. as opposed to viewing uh having someone like eden with that drive not to necessarily be the best but to better what we were doing because he's seen photos and then gone like but they're doing it different and it seems to work better mm-hmm. why can't we get to that yeah. and without bme without suspension.org without i mean I've, of course everyone hates it now um Without Facebook, without the suspension uh, suspension Facebook group, yeah. Um, without the the suspension learning forum, and then you have the your ones the uh, the body learning for body modification learning. forum. Oh, form. I'm not in that. Oh, I don't know which one. There's <laughs> the body
1: modification mm-hmm. learning forum. Is
0: this one? Yeah. yeah, but there's another. There's these. You know, like, there's a million. But these these. Yeah. These groups that that faction off like that suddenly appear. Mm-hmm. You can be against it and be like, "Well, I'm not involved, therefore it's bad." Yeah. But then you dive in and then you start to realise actually there's some really in- interesting conversations going on. And without Facebook, well, maybe not without Facebook, but Facebook was a huge tool for us to access information yeah. that. All these teams are putting on, we can see stuff. When accidents happen, people were openly sharing them at a point, or not everyone was, Mm. but they were sharing them. And then you start seeing these discussions that were forming and some of them are great, but then some of them are like a car crash. And you're just like, well, why? Like, and it's, it's some people will have this nostalgic thing going, yeah, but this didn't happen in BME. And you're like, which part were you reading? Oh my God. Like,
1: Like, yeah. That's BME was Pandora's box. It was just like the good and the bad, and it was just everybody could look at it.
0: Yeah, yeah. and you could take what you wanted, uh, what you wanted from it, um, and you could be involved as much as mm-hmm. you wanted in it, or active as much as you wanted in it, or you could walk away from it and just be like, "That's got nothing to do with mm-hmm. me." Um, but I th- that uh, the the people who are involved in that that maybe faded out and disappear the ones that stayed, that kind of transitions, whether maybe they try to shape and mold how the, the information should carry on, and mm. then this forms these groups, and then new people come in and they get replaced, but they carry on doing how it was, that you do end up with some of these forums that just end up into, like, here's a picture of suspension I did. Yeah, you gotta post something better than this, and then you're like, but <laughs> they're just posting a picture, it's cool, yeah, but it's not as good, as, you could've done this better than this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it can be disheartening. Yeah, oh sure. But once you wade through the shit and you mm-hmm. <laughs> you try to ignore a lot of the crap, you can start to see that there is a good with it. And there, I do believe there is more good with it than than bad. And yeah. we can get to a point where maybe not everyone's happy with everyone and it's not gonna be all roses and sparkles and everyone gets along, but I think we'll get to a, hopefully we'll get to a point where no one is, is judging you purely based on who you know or what you, or, or what you, you can do for what them. you can do for them yeah, that yeah. everyone's going to be cool and sure, okay. maybe
1: but. well let's wrap it up here um do you want to give anybody information about how to get in touch with you for a tattooing or or to, <laughs> to <laughs> or to facilitate oh, a suspension shit.
0: um i don't know uh, at dot by dot tattoo is okay. the only thing um you can ask me stuff and I probably won't get back to you. Not because I don't like you, because I'm, I just don't respond to emails that often. Um, but I'm in Berlin and for suspension stuff, uh, ask anyone else and I will probably be involved.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thanks for talking to me. and we'll, uh, Thank you for inviting me. Let's go back down and get back into BMX now. Alright, thanks for talking to me, Matt, and uh, I'm gonna keep this outro mercifully short because I do appreciate the fact that you've made it to the end of a nearly two-hour episode, so uh, I'm gonna go finish working on that Floating Naval video. That'll be available for you at Patreon.com slash RyanPBA with a whole boatload of other stuff. Uh, I've got some cool episodes planned for you over the next uh, couple of weeks. I'm gonna do a special episode 200 with Lola although that's mostly her plan and not mine, so I'm not exactly sure what it'll be, but it should be a fun one. And uh, spoiler alert, she's coming here to visit me. Lola is coming to my house in the United States for the first time in our in our relationship. Uh, I'm pretty overwhelmed in like the best possible way thinking about that, so I'm sure we'll record something then too. But anyway, thanks for listening to this very long episode of the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'll be back next week.